How are you guys doing? Doing good? I didn't get to ask that question yet, so I'm asking it. But in case you were wondering what I was doing on my phone, I got this little app you know, displays time for me. Uh, about the only thing that's better than this app displaying time very well is that it's free. You know, I like I like free stuff. Uh, I don't think I have a paid a single paid app on my phone. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty pretty proud of uh, being cheap there. I do that pretty well. But uh, no, it's. Every time we come here, there's a, I don't know, there's, there's, there's something different every time we come here. I, I, I can't remember, you know, I can't remember coming to youth and, and just, you know, coming and going, everything's flat. Uh, something is always happening. And it's, it's, it's a, I like this place a lot. Um, and I, I always say, you know, always hear me say this, and I hope I will always continue to say that. But I, I, I normally don't do this, but I think I've noticed new people here today. And can I see your hands? Who is new here? All right. First time? Dennis, first time here. Girls, what's your names? Chloe? And you're Sylvia, right? Okay. Well, now, what, Asa, are you? You're here first time? Oh, what's your name? Nice to, okay. Well, you guys saw them. They're going to be your victims after. <laughs> come to them, say hi. I mean, some of, the, some of you met them already, but whoever didn't, just come, say hi. We're, we want to welcome you. We're very happy you're here. Um, so, you know, I... Uh, seems like every time I need to preach, it, it's like, it costs a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know who, you know, who else feels like that. It's normal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like you're wondering what's going to happen this week. Everything's going so flat. But, you know, God is a wonderful God, and, you know, he's, he's always uh, very creative, and he comes up with new, new ways of doing things, and um, I want to just say a few words about camp. Is that okay? So we went to uh, we went to camp on Wednesday, and it was a really great day. You know, I, I I always enjoy. Like I'll be honest with you, I I look forward to having some guys and just you know having to drive somewhere for a couple hours or so. It, it's you're locked in in one car for like two hours each way, and they're amazing conversations that happen that, you know, will never happen anywhere else. <laughs> it's just like, there's a car, it, you know, it has like, it has this ability to bring people closer together, uh, especially like, you know, like a trip to Mexico and one in, in Jeddah, you know, that car brings you really close together. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we went to camp. I don't know who, who knows this about me. I mean, some people probably already do, but, uh, you know, I, I don't like like, I really don't like camps, I'll be honest. Like, you know, it's like, you, <laughs> all right, I know, don't stone me yet, all right? <laughs> Hold it. But it's like, you're, you're, you know, you're packing your stuff, 
You're trying to make sure you don't forget anything. You're going away from your normal routine. And then you come, you get, you know, this like, you know, those that are like, I have enemies, you know, in the woods. They always bite me, like bite me pretty bad. Like, uh, it was helping me to be near Tolik. Anytime I'm near Tolik, they're just all attacking, attacking him, and I'm, I'm all right, you know. But, uh, but anyway, so we, we went to the campsite that where we're going to be doing our youth camp. I, I really want to tell you, this is, I think this is the first time, like, I'm, like, my flesh is excited about the camp. Seriously. Like, <laughs> I, I, there are some games, I'm not going to tell you all the games, but there are some games that I really, really love. I'm very excited about it. There's uh, two, two volleyball courts. There's, like, two basketball courts. Uh, I think mini golf. Other, I mean, there's so many things. Archery, uh, pool table. I think I'm starting telling you all the games that are there. All right. But anyway, uh, so there's a lot of cool stuff uh, for our flesh, you know. Uh, but I want to tell you, you know, I like the, I like the, the room. I, it's just, I'll be honest with you, I, I like the camp just from, you know, taking out, you know, just, just talking about fun. I loved, I loved it. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. And the cabins and everything, I'm really, really, really excited about this camp. But I know that, you know, even if you, um, you know, I, I, I kind of like, you know, if you talk about food, uh, you know, if you don't get the meat, you know, the chocolate doesn't taste that good after that, right? So, you know, so if we don't get the meat there, then all that chocolate is not going to be good. So, I'm really expecting that God will do something as he always has done, and, and, and um, I'm just looking forward to it. I just want to get your, your appetite, you know, for, for camp, and I just want to tell you, I think if you invite somebody, if you, you know, they will not regret it, I, you know, spiritually and physically, and just I call it communication we'll have. There's even a gagaball pit there, too, so I, I, got, I got to win once at, at kids' camp, so I'm really proud of it that... <laughs> I didn't lose to five-year-olds. That was uh, that's pretty amazing. So anyway, so camp, really very excited. Get yourself excited. I'm excited. You know, if I'm excited about the camp, then everybody has to be excited about the camp. All right, amen. Woo, yeah. Woo. So anyway, yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. I taught you guys something today. That's awesome. Um. So, you know. Like, before I got here, I don't even want to tell you, you know, everything that happened, you know, before I needed to get here. I, actually, actually, I do, you know. I'm going to take a little bit to tell you. Because <laughs> I, I really didn't even have any time to, you know, to tell my wife. Because <laughs> I think in the last, I, I counted it, in the last uh, 48 hours, I worked uh, like 35, or maybe 34 I, I mean, I hate when that happens. It's like you're—I <laughs> don't know how that feels, but it's like—it's like you're like uh, my my Elia, you know. She was like, I leave in the morning, and she gets up, and she she comes to my and she's like, Did he already leave? Did Dad already leave? She goes, Yes. And then she goes going to bed. She goes, When Dad comes, tell him hi. <laughs> I'm like, didn't see me the whole day. Well, anyway, um, I'm not such a bad father. Uh, you know, I saw them this morning, so everything's fine. But, you know, it's like everything seems, uh, you know, when we went to camp and everything was fine and, and awesome. I was like, oh, man, things are going so smooth and ev- awesome. So the next day, you know, I was helping my mom with, you know, she's getting a license for, for you know, for her work. And, and she's just like, yeah, can you, like, call the licensing department? Uh, you know, there, maybe, maybe there was something that we need to do they didn't tell us because we're waiting for this license to get approved. And so, you know, they just started responding, like, with one email. Oh, yeah, you need to do this. 
and then you know she sends another email. Oh, you need to do this, and like five more emails, and then she sends like one big one, you know, like with five pages of information, like multiple steps. You need to do this. It has to be done now. And so like I start, I start helping mom, and I'm like, she doesn't know what needs to be done. I don't know what needs to be done. So I'm like, you know, was figuring stuff up, and it's like was late, and then. Uh, you know, I was like yesterday, so I was looking also for a car for them. So I get a car, and I was like already thanking God. I'm like, God, thank you so much. Such a great car, great deal, everything. You know, it's it's an auction where I never got a good deal, and this is the first time I got a good deal at that auction. And I'm like so excited. Um, you know, everything worked out, and I'm going to pick up the car, and everything was fine until I actually drove out of the lot. This is not kidding. You know, it's like you drive out of the lot, and a catalytic converter just you know just went out. If you guys know what it is, it's not a nice thing when that goes out. But we were thinking it's like an engine or something. And I, I was, you know, it's like things like that that happen. And you were wondering, like, God, didn't I, I thanked you for that car already. Like, why, why is it happening, right? It, it's, it's not right. But you know what? Who said it's not right? You know, who said that it doesn't have to happen that way? But one thing that I did notice is, you know, I really, very often I get very stressed. And very worried, especially when, you know, when, uh, when a, a guy who really knows about the cars, he hears this noise and he says, oh, I'm so, like, I'm really, really worried. It sounds like the engine or, or the crankshaft. It's like, I'm like, oh, awesome, you know, just, just got the car. I mean, it never happened to me like this, you know, maybe a week into driving it, but, like, not, like, right away. <laughs> I'm like, what, what a, you know, it's an interesting blessing of God. You don't even understand, right? But anyway, it, things worked out, and I have to say that, like, last two days is like a whole a miracle from God, you know, how everything worked out, and, and God just, you know, it's, you know, like, when you're playing against somebody who's really well, who's really doing really, like, if you play soccer against somebody who's very quick and very fast, and you're not, and, and you feel like, man, they're just, like, fooling me around, but then, you know, and then, you know, it's like, it feels like with God, it was like that, you know, I was like trying to play soccer with God, and, and God would always, always, always beat me, and he, you know, he would get the ball from me, and then he would give me the ball, and it's like, it's just amazing that you know that God is still in control, no matter what's happening, that he is still in control, and he knows, you know, what he purposes us for, he's also, he's also enabling us to do that, and, and that's, you know, and that's, and that's, that's what I've witnessed this week, last two days. I just know that if something would go a different way, you know, not the way that I was planned, then, then things wouldn't work out. It's like I need help somewhere, and somebody goes, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll do all of this for you, this and this and this and that. And I was like, why? And he goes, no, I'll just do it. Don't worry about it. I'll do it. And I was like, why? And, and you understand that God, God is taking, God is, you know, in control of those things. Amen? I just wanted to share. I just want, you know, I know sometimes there is this, um, there's a feeling like, you know, whoever is preaching here, that they're always, everything is, you know, perfect. And, and you, know, they, you know, they got to take shower twice that day. And, you know, they're like restful, arrested. And, and you know, got their, you know, uh, whatever they wanted to drink. And, you know, enjoyed the coffee. And they're just like so relaxed. Yeah, vegetables. Um, so, it's, it's not always like that. You know, serving God is not always like that. It's actually the opposite very often. And, and that's okay. And that's okay, you know, when we live a Christian life, we get those bumps. That's also okay. Anyway, just wanted to 
just wanted to share that. So, having said that, I, I also want to say that I had about an hour to prepare. I mean, I was thinking and praying about this sermon for a long time, for a few days, but, you know, it's like sitting down and putting the notes together and to, didn't have that much time. So I hope you really enjoy just, you know, being in God's Word, uh, if you know what that means. Uh, but, but I am. I, honestly, I can, I'm happy to just read and talk about God's Word and discuss and, you know, that's, that's really where the source is. I mean, everything around it is, is interpretation, right? So, but anyway, let's bow, bow down our heads and pray and ask God to, to talk to us. God, we know that we are here to hear from you, to be changed by you, to be transformed by you. And Father, we know that without you, we, we, can't, we can't understand your word, God. We can't get a revelation. We can't be changed without you, God. So we ask you, Lord, to do what you want to do in us today. Change us in a way you want to change us. Change the direction of our lives, God, the way you want to do it. And God, we know you can. That's why we come to you and, and come before you, God, because we know that you are you're somebody who is able to change us, who is able to transform us. And God, we already accept, already accept a portion of your grace, a portion of your mercy, God, a portion of your presence, God, a greater presence in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So, I wanted to, um, I want to give all of us hope today. I want to talk about hope. So I called the, uh, the, the message today Sermon on the Mount 2. And it's not like my Sermon on the Mount, right? No, no credit for that. But um, I was reading uh, a chapter in, in, in Romans recently. And for some reason, that's, that's exactly what I thought right away. It's, it's like Sermon on the Mount 2 because it it's kind of has the same, it's way shorter, but you know, kind of um, the same you know, layout or structure, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's in Romans uh, 12, and we're going to read verses, first two verses, and then through, uh, from verse 9. Uh, so, Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So we've heard that many times. And, you know, at our group, we heard this many, many times. You know, we read this many times. It's an amazing chapter. The whole book of Romans is, 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 is amazing. Uh, but, you know, it talks about presenting our bodies, presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. And then it says, do not be conformed to this world by be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So by being transformed, by letting our minds be transformed, we can prove what is that perfect will of God, that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You know, when we change, it's not, you know, I haven't noticed this until recently, but when we let our minds to be transformed, we can prove with our lives. We can prove with our living what is, what is that will of God, what it is, you know. It's, um, there are many religions, honestly, and, and there are many worldviews, and, and some of them make sense. If you just disconnect, if you uh, take away the Bible, some of them can make sense. But, you know, the Bible is a, 
is a book that changes a lot. It's, it's, it's a book that doesn't fit unless you make room for it. You have to. You have to open up your heart for it. And unfortunately, you've got, you know, probably a lot of Christians wish that everybody would understand it, but God doesn't always do it. You know, sometimes your heart is so prideful that, that God just can't open it to you. There are so many people that have willingly rejected the Bible, and now they can't understand it. Now everything looks twisted to them in it. But we do understand it. And by our lives, I believe that, you know, there's something really, really different about Christianity. Very different. I have not, honestly, I have never seen an atheist or a Muslim or a Buddhist. You know, you can name whoever you want to name. I had never seen life in them. I've, I've seen them driven by a motive. Um, and I've seen them have an interest in something that drives them. But, you know, it's, it's, it's so temporary. It's attached to something that's temporary, something that is, that is, that is not eternal. And only in Christianity, only, only in, 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 in our faith, only having a Christian faith, only believing in Christ, you have something that has life. You have something where this can be fulfilled, where you can prove what is God's perfect will by your life. That's something I want to point out. And then I want to read from verse 9. That's where all the fun begins. Um, that, I, that's why I call it Sermon on the Mount, too, because that's what it felt like to me. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. So what it's talking about here is Christian living, kind of like characteristics of what a Christian should live, um, you know, a Christian life should be like, you know, how you should live like if you're a Christian. Let love be without hypocrisy. Then the two that I love a lot. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. So who can, who, who, who can give a juicy definition of what abhor means? Because it's not, not like a... Okay, go, Robert. Abhor. All right, awesome. Stop right there. Perfect. <laughs> For some reason, I, I knew, Robert, that you will answer when I'll ask that question. <laughs> so that, well, that's what it is. That's what it's teaching us. You know, it doesn't teach us to, hey, you know, like I understand that, that you know, that evil is good, but just stay away from it because, oh, brother, you know, we can't have some evil. You know, we all want it, but we can't. You know, it's, you can't abhor something. You can't hate something. You can't despise something unless you've got it in you. And then it tells us cling to what is good. So that, that means love what is good. Love what is pure. Love what's holy. You know, just, just cling to it. You know, grab on to it. Grab on to, to the things that God is teaching, to his commandments, to his statutes. Grab on to it. I don't know, have you ever, have you ever seen... A kid that really, 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 really wants something. Like even a Christian kid that was, that was disciplined very well. If they want something, you know, we have one at home. You know, um, you know Ella, she, she's not here so I can you know, make, her, make her feel embarrassed. She's not here. So, uh, yeah, if she wants something, she is, she is so good. You know, she will talk to you in the morning about this. You know, breakfast time, you know, when you try to go to a restroom, she'll knock on the door and remind you. You know, when you, when, you, when you go to bed, when you're just on the sofa, she'll come and hug you and kiss you. I just want to lay with you. And she's just laid on the couch. 
then, do you remember you said that you might buy this to us? You think still that's possible? <laughs> it's just like, it's like, you know, it's like she really, really wants, I mean, you can tell she really wants it. And that's, I, you know, cling to what is good. It's like, that, that's what I, I think about her, you know, cling to that, you know. She's just like, you're just after it. So I, we just pray that, you know, that transfers into doing God's will. We, we already see it, but, but still want more of it. Now, look at the next one. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Well, that's, that's, that's also, I mean, what's kindly affectionate? Can you, like, do you, like, kind is already a pretty big word, right? Affectionate is even a bigger one. And then it says, in brotherly love. So you're like, you're like, you know, like, hi, Andre. Andre, I just, I just, I'm just so kindly affectionate about you, you know, or to you, you know, with brotherly love. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's like, it's a kind of love that, you know, initially makes you, like, turn red. Uh, but, but, but then, then, you know, if you cling to what's good, you know, <laughs> if you keep going, if you're persistent about it, it turns into something where, where there's really no barrier. You know, you are, you are, you're like one single unit that devil can't resist. And then it says, verse, uh, verse 11, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, we can't talk about every single one of those. It's just like we're going to just touch the surface on, on, on those. But these things are so hard to do sometimes. Like even this one, given to hospitality. I don't know who will be honest to admit it, but for a lot of people, it's not very easy to be hospitable. You know, they love everybody else. I mean, they love people, but it's just like, oh, just go invite somebody who, you know, who's never invited to anyone's house. You know, go be with somebody who... Nobody else wants to be with. Try to be hospitable. Is that easy? That's just one of those. And there's, I, I just read you like a number of them. Then verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. That's, you know, we, that's a big one as well. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. How easy is that one to do? Quiet, I know. <laughs> it's like somebody gets something you wanted. Some, you know, like I, I've had it. You know, there was like times I would work for something. I would go for something. I think I'm the one who needs to get it, you know, at work or somewhere else. And somebody else gets it. And then you just, you know, go to pray and say, you know, God, this was so unfair. And God would be like, you expect God to be, yeah, man, this is like just crazy you know what are they thinking what are they doing this evil world but then god tells you you gotta rejoice with them how easy it is i mean sometimes it's easier to weep with those who weep you know (laughs) it's like oh i lost like you know i you know i got into an accident or my car broke down lost a thousand bucks oh brother it's so hard i i'm so happy i didn't lose a thousand bucks you know i'm like weeping with you but it's it's hard to be rejoicing with those who rejoice it's really hard be of the same mind toward one another. That's a crazy one in itself. Do not set your mind on high things, but
but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. I know that there's a lot of people that struggle with that. As soon as you do something, you pray a good prayer, you, you know, get a revelation, you share somewhere, and you know, you know, your leader or pastor or somebody else says, wow, I never looked at it this way. You turn around and you're like, hmm, I'm actually, yeah, that's right, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at these, at these things, you know. I'm like getting something. How easy, how easy it is to associate with the humble. Who, can you find me somebody who doesn't carry their cross, who wants to associate with the humble? I really don't know anybody. Not for the wrong, I mean, if, if it's for the right motives, for the right reasons, you can't find somebody who truly wants to associate with the humble. But I'll be honest with you, in years of being transformed by God's grace, by God's word, I really find myself more and more in situations when I actually want to find somebody who is really, really, really humble, and they just those people just fascinate me. I want to learn from them. I want to be in, you know, I want to be in the same circle with them. I want to be with them. You know, it's like honestly, I really like I'm getting to a point where I started being disgusted by people who are prideful, and and I was prideful myself. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect right now, but but. You know, there was time when I was I was really always going after the uh, the you know the higher ups after the you know the cream of the crop whatever you want to call them. It was like more interesting to me to be you know with um, and nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying it would be like I would always want to be with the leaders, with the pastors. You know, even like you know somewhere there, not even just in this church and in, in my previous church as well. It's like always there, there, there. You know, and and then you're like wondering sometimes what's my motive. Why am I doing this? And I'm saying all of it. You know, I'm kind of opening it up. Uh, I know a lot of people have that too. But then when you go and you try to find somebody who's like in the very back row and they're doing pretty bad, and, you know, not everybody who's in the back row is doing pretty bad. But, you know, it's like somebody who just, just got in there and they don't even feel like if they're in the church and, or not, if they belong here or not. You know, they just feel like that's the only place they, they too close, you know, any, any closer would be too close, and then you, go, you start talking to them, and you, 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 you start finding what's in their heart, what's really going on, you know, it's not necessarily that, you know, they're the humble people, but, but still, can you, I mean, how easy it is to associate with those people, and it says, do not set your mind on high things, I think very often we do, we're just prone to that, verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. We'll talk about this later a little bit more. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, I don't know how you feel, but I'll be honest. I, I feel overwhelmed when I read this. And this is a part of the Bible. This is, this is not even everything. I mean, we just start just touching, you know, on the surface of these things. If you really try to live it out, it's going to take years to, to get here. Maybe faster sometimes, but, you know, it's... Like, you know, it can overload you. It can, you know, it can break. If, if God takes you faster than you know, than you can handle, he knows the pace to take us through these things. But 
you try to just do what's written here in this chapter, that's already impossible for, for a person. But Jesus said, whatever is impossible with men is possible with God, right? Nothing is impossible with God. So, one thing that we have to admit is that this, you know, this is just like a sample, a portion of Christian living, period. There's no walking around. That's what God requires of us. That's what God wants. That's what He is. That's what He wants us to be. But, you know, while it does, if you just take, you know, these instructions, that makes us, I mean, that makes me feel hopeless. I, I mean, I don't have any hope if I just take these instructions and these requirements. I cannot do them. But something that, something where I do find my hope is that 1 Corinthians 12, 9, you don't have to open it, you can write that down. But, you know, we are, very often when we, when we end, that's where God starts. And I'm not saying to just let, you know, put your hands down and not do anything and just relax and say, oh, you know, I just can't, I just, you know, I just repay evil for evil. That's the way I am, you know, and just, you know, God will do something one day. No, you have to fight. But, but the thing is, where we end, where we come to our end, where we can't do anything, we've fought, we've done everything we could, but it still doesn't work, that's where God starts very often. Very often, that's where God is. And I want to say that God is more than enough. And exactly in our weakness, exactly in those low spots when we are able to admit that we are nothing, and our name is nobody, and we can't do anything without him, and that's where we start relying on His grace very often. So don't shy away from those moments. We can do it by God's grace. And, and God's grace gives us strength. I know you've heard it, but I want to repeat it to you. I want you to even write it down, to memorize it, to just like think about it, meditate about it. You know, when you walk, just think about it. That God's grace gives you strength. You know what strength is? It's... Um, you know, there are times when you try to do something, and you are, you know, if you, uh, we, went, we went to a hike on Mount Rainier last Saturday, and there was, like, we went, at first it felt pretty good, but then there was a moment where I felt like, you know, and it was, it was not far. We were just walking from the parking to, uh, to the lodge, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a pretty steep walk. And I was like, we were walking with Roma, and I'm like, listen. I'm feeling like, you know, I'm breathing pretty heavy. Do you? He goes, yeah, me too. I was like, we better, like, you know, get around this before our wife see us. Because if they see this, they're not going to go up the mountain. They're going to say, you know, these guys are <laughs> weak. We don't want to go. <laughs> if they can't make it, we can't make it. I'm like, we better, you know, like, you know, pick it up. And so you go. So anyway, we started going further. And we're going, and I'm like, I'm like, I found this little branch, you know, so I feel like Moses, you know, with this, uh, with the staff, and I'm like going, trying to make make it look like it's fun for me, just playing around with it. It's really helping me, though. You know, it's like, you know, transferring some of the weight, you know, towards my hands instead of the the legs, and, and you know, like, you know, I, I don't know, if, is it second breath in, in English, too? Second breath. You're going, and then you're like, I'm just not going to stop. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. And then something happens at one point, and, you know, you get the second boost. And in the second one, it feels like it's, it's much more enduring. It's much more long-lasting. But then you felt like you, you, it's almost happening, always happening at the point where you feel like, that's it. I can't go any further. 
And it's always, you know, it's always when you're doing something that requires endurance. It's not like sprints or anything like that. But when that's what Christian life is about. It's about enduring. It's about endurance. And you go, and then at some moment you feel like, man, I, I feel strong again. I feel that I got some strength. You know, like my breath normalized. You know, and I, I feel like it's not, I'm not too weak, nothing like that. You know, no headaches, nothing like that. And you start going. And that's what, that's what often happens in fasts. If you start fasting, you know, first day you feel like, like in the morning, you feel, man, I can do 10 days, you know, when you skip breakfast. And then, you know, by lunchtime, you feel like, ooh, hopefully I can last till dinner. And then if you last till, till dinner, through that, you sleep the night, you wake up, and I'm like, hmm, it's not that bad. Then uh, day three in the morning, you think, why are people even eating? I don't even know, you know, it's like, what for? It feels so great. And, and there is always... You know, I've noticed that victory is always right around the corner. It's like it's, it's right there where you want to give up. It's the place there where everybody gives up. That's where the victory is, like the next step usually. Anyway, so I want to go through a few verses. Uh, Hebrews 13.9, it says, Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is, that, for it is good that the heart... Is be established by grace. In other translations, it says strengthened by grace. Second Timothy, two one. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians nine eight. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. See how grace is associated with strength always. How grace is. Is, you know, it's given us strength. It's given us when we feel weak, when we feel like we're down, we can't keep going. We need grace at that time. You can also go, I mean, I'm going to give you a few, few more verses. There's a lot, but just a few one, a few more that I could think about is Luke 10, 19, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Philippians 4, 13, and 1 Timothy 1, 12. So one question that, that kind of is often talked about, but there's one side of it that we don't often uh, hear, is who can receive grace? You know, we know that God, God's grace gives us strength, right? So we can prevail. We can overcome things. We can be the victors. You know, we can be those overcomers that the book of Revelation talks about through God's grace. But who can receive it? So one thing is really important is humility. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, I think it actually might be 5.4. Um, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And another verse is uh, Proverbs 3.34. Uh, I liked how it, I really liked how it read and how it reads in uh, ESV. It says, towards the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. Do you guys know what favor is? Like, you, you know how it feels to receive favor? I, I'll be honest. It, it's, it's really good. It's like, you know, favor is, um, it's not necessarily cancellation of all rules. Or it's never cancellation of all rules if it has to do with God. But it's like, it's like there are some times when you want to do something, you know, like even at work, you know, like you have a project, you want to do something, and you really, like, need extra, you know, this many thousand dollars and and you just like you know but your boss if if he favors you he's going to help you do things that you could never do before 
you know, he's going to let you go, you know, he's going to let you go to play, you know, like take vacation when you can't really take vacation. He's going to do things. He's going to work around you because, you know, you found favor. If you find favor with God, there will be things, and there will be things that you could never imagine doing that you are doing. Like seriously, if, if you come to God, like for people, especially for people that come to God because they open up so much to God, he gives them favor to leave cursing, to live, uh, you know, to leave, uh, you know, smoking, pornography, drinking, whatever else they have, you know, just, just like favor, you know, something where somebody says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this one. I'm going to step in. When somebody from above steps in for you, that's what favor feels like. It feels like you could not, you know, you could not do it otherwise you know, because you just didn't have access. But one thing that, that I wanted us um, to talk about is we really need to learn to give God do what he wants to do. You know, very often when we talk about humility, we feel like I'm going to humble myself, I'm going to get grace, and then I'm going to go running. You know, then I'm going to go doing the things again myself. It's not necessarily always like that. Sometimes there are times when we need to just sit down and let God do what he wants to do. In Psalm, uh, Psalm 46, I love that psalm. I'm going to open and read. It's, a pretty, it's pretty short. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, Though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come and behold the works of the Lord. Who has made desolations in the earth? He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You know, we are, I know, Everybody. Then I don't even want to talk about what's happening in, in the country or in the world. It really, when, when, I'll be honest, when, when I go into God's word, when I go into prayer, I really, like really, I, I, it doesn't bother me what's happening in the world. It doesn't, 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 doesn't uh, scare me a single bit at all. Because I understand that God will do what he wants to do anyway. But what I, was, what I want to go back to is we need God's grace to be able to prove what is God's perfect will, to be able to, to prove his existence, to be able to prove that God is God, that he is the God of all gods, that he is the Lord of all lords. If we, if we don't live a Christian life, nobody will believe what we're saying. You know, I don't want to feel discouraged, but if we don't live it or if we don't try it, nobody will, nobody will believe. You know, you can say all you want, that you're a Christian, but if you keep cussing, if you keep, you know, going to movies like everybody else does, if you keep drinking, if you don't have peace, if you don't have love, nobody will believe it. We have to. We have to prove what is God's perfect will. 
we will need grace for that. We will need to, to humble ourselves. We'll need to be humble. And very often we'll need to just quiet down, to be still and keep doing what we need to do, to keep being who God wants us to be, and we will see God do it. We will see, we will see God establish His reign. I know, you know, the reason I'm talking about it is because there's so many people that, that need God. There's so many people that need God. It, it's, it, it ranges from, from atheists and Buddhists and, and, and Muslims. And, and, and I, I'll be honest with you. I love all of those people. I really do. There's so, there's so many Muslims I love. There's so many Buddhists I love. There's so many atheists I love. I really want them to have what I have. You know, and I'm, like, I, I feel bad for them. Because they see God, they want to find God, but they just, they, their rituals, their traditions, somebody brainwashed them with something, and they don't see. You know, their minds are closed. And I know that it's possible for us walking in God's will to preach to them with our lives. You know, sometimes without even saying a word, they will see. You know, and in no way to, uh, you know, to put myself, you know, in a higher, you know, higher step or higher position than they are. I'm no better than they are. You know, we're, we, none of us are. We're saved. You know, we're saved by God's grace. We're pulled out of the same dirt where everybody else was. But we will need God's grace. We will need to continue doing what God wants us to do. We will need to, continue, we'll need to find times. There will be times when we will have to be still and just know that God is God. We will need to see that He has worked in our lives. And you know what happens? One thing that happens when you decide to do it when you decide to quiet down when you decide to be still and just 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 expect God to move you start praying because you can't do anything else you want to know what what God is up to and you know you want to know when he's doing it and you want to get him to do it that's one thing that starts that starts that gets us to pray because oftentimes when we try to um well, you know when we try to like you know, we do we say grace. You know, I'm going to get grace, and then I'm going to go back to doing it myself. That doesn't work like that. You just lost grace. You just lost grace when you try to do it yourself. So, let's tell, tell another story um, real quick, and and then we're going to uh, stand up and pray. Uh, some Marina sent out a, a, a video about Yangi Cho, and he was. Like this is the first time I've ever heard his um, his sermon. I never even I didn't even know that he could uh, speak English, which is pretty cool. Um, he was talking about how he fell asleep in in his bed in, in the hotel room, and he wakes up, and then he feels like death has filled the whole room. Did anybody feel like like that ever? I don't know. I I felt it. I felt there was a few times you wake up and it's a feeling like like there's a um, a whirlpool in the ceiling, a black hole that's just sucking your soul out of you. You feel like life is really leaving you right now. And he goes, he goes, I stand up and I see this black, 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 you know, silhouette. It's like with bright eyes. And he goes, I ask, who are you? And he says, I'm, I'm devil. I'm the devil. And he goes, I got you today. Today you're going to die. He said one phrase, you know, he, he, um, you know, he continued, he said, God told me if I leave right now, I will never be able to win you know, people of Japan for, for God. I will never be able to bring them to God if I leave right now because I'll be defeated. And he goes, I wanted to leave 
But then God told him to pray. And then he started quoting scripture, and Satan left. He promised him to come back, but whatever. You know. We know Satan doesn't keep his promises. <laughs> He's a liar. But anyway, so he was able to overcome him. But he goes, if I would not know God, I would go crazy at that time. And I was like, I so know what he's saying. I so know what he's saying. And you know why he was able to? Because of God's grace. There is something, a backbone that's holding you together. You know, I talked about it in, um, in, in Mexico. I was like, God's grace is kind of like this. You come to Mexico, you don't know a word. Well, you know capasa and, and, you know, pesos. That's all you know, right? And you have this, this map for $15 that you don't even know, you know, where to go. And no, no, no cell phone reception. You guys heard that story. But, but you want to preach to somebody, right? You want to tell somebody something, even in church. You cannot speak Spanish, right? And they can't speak English. So there's like a big gap. So grace in that situation is the interpreter. Okay? It's the guy who can speak both languages and he, who can translate. That, that's exactly how it is. God is our interpreter. Very often, you know, Holy Spirit is our interpreter. Very often we don't even know how to pray. We don't know how to do things. We don't have wisdom to do to live in a Christian way. But God is that person who steps in and lets us do what we're not able to do. Like and with that interpreter, you can speak Spanish without being able to speak Spanish. So you can overcome sin without being able to overcome sin. Does it make sense? So I just want to stand up and pray. I believe that and there's more. We're going into, you know, deeper times where... You know, not, uh, let's close our eyes. It's not where we will, I believe we will see more miracles of God. We will see greater presence of God. We will see way more of God than we've ever seen before. But we will have to learn to realize that without Him, we cannot do anything. We, We want to live the Christian life. We want to be Christians, to be true Christians. But we will never be able to do it. And we'll have to learn to we have to learn to rely on His grace, to be fully, to realize when we come to our end, that's where He starts. When we find ourselves in weakness, then, then God is strong right there. It's not the end. The lowest, the lowest times of our life are not it. It's not, it's not a dead end. With God, it's not a dead end. It doesn't mean... It doesn't mean that we'll always live a smooth life. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that, that you will ever come to a dead end. Because I know, I know that God wants to tell somebody that the emotions that you're going through are not going to overcome you. Just somebody needs to know this right now, that, that your emotions, sometimes when you feel, when you feel like you can't anymore, they will not overcome you. God will pull you out of the deep. He will pull you out of the deep. Just have to rely on His grace because His Word says that you can do everything in Christ Jesus. Everything. And sin, sin will not be able to hold you. That's God's promise. You will be able to overcome it. You will be able to stand firm against it by God's grace. Not because you can. You cannot. But God can. There's nothing impossible.